So this episode with Julian Nickel ended up being so much bigger than I thought it was going to be in a really cool way. Uh, we started talking about open banking. So open banking comes from the ability now for a lot of data about ourselves, so that's information about us, uh, and interconnected devices, so like your mobile phone and a shop that you walk into, to start talking to each other. So you might have that example, which is where you've gone into a store and maybe something is pinged on your mobile phone to say, please uh, please say that this is you, so that you can approve it basically on your phone rather than through a device. Um, that's the very beginning of interconnected data. Now, there's a couple of parts to this that's, that's really fascinating. One being, um, in the not-too-distant future, you will be able to see all of the information about you in terms of finances all in one place. So that means everything from the big things like your mortgages right through the little things like mobile plans. So while currently, I don't know if you've ever tried to change your mobile plan, it can take days, feels like, to go through you know, comparing them all, um, but you'll be able to have an accredited financial person who can actually look at all of that for you that you'll be able to talk to. So on one hand, that's really exciting, right? That will save us a whole bunch of time and certainly mean, you know, people who are time poor, which is a lot of us these days, that'll be really cool. But the other side of it too is that how do we make sure that consumers, you know, people like you and me still have some control over uh, that information about us, you know, that's sitting out there that anyone can look at. So there's a draft bill that should be presented uh, before the election this year that really looks at that. Uh, the idea is to make sure that we have some control over of what's out there and, and who's looking at it. Um, so we talk about that as well, which is really cool. So this is, uh, I think I've said cool a lot in this intro, but it is. Um so major thanks to Julia for taking the time out to do this with me. I think this is a great, uh, incredible thing that we need to be thinking and talking about now. So as always, uh, please listen, enjoy, and let us know any questions. Yeah. The, the first question I wanted to really ask you, because um, I was looking at like what is open banking and how does it work, but I thought if you can, what would be really interesting is to go, it didn't just happen, right? Like it's not just something that we've gone, oh, here's this, newfangled thing like how did it how did it come about what was the kind of impetus to say this is something that's important I think um, technology has moved on so when you know the the banks and if we look at payments because I'm in payments and the international credit card companies all started it was quite a long time ago now um, you know, you're looking at at least 50 years um, before these, you know, when these systems were first put in place. And I think it's an evolution of the previous systems to make things better. So those networks, you know, where kind of, um, you know, all the banks in the world, all the banks in New Zealand talk to, you know, all the shops and, and your card that you have in your hand, um, were built sort of on technology stacks, you know, from a long time ago. And now we've got better technology, there's safer, there's secure, there's faster ways of connecting. And that's kind of where open banking has come from. So it uses this way of connecting that's safe and secure and fast. Um, and it will enable better sharing of information. Um, mm -hmm. And that sharing of information will be, you know, 
consented by the consumer because obviously, you know, we can't have data being shared about where people don't know what's happening. Um, but it should help kind of bring more products and services to the market. It should help people understand their financial situation better. It should help people um, compare between products and services. You know, if you go to a bank and you want to know, you know, whether you're going to get much interest on your savings, not that people have many savings these days, given the cost of living, um, or, you know, you're you're looking to buy a house or you're, you're wanting something quite big from a bank, it would be really good to understand what your choice is. At the moment, it's quite challenging. And once you start going down a road with one bank, uh -huh. you've already yeah. spent heaps of time. So, you know, the kind of the moving or seeing what's out there is quite hard to do. Mm. So I think the idea of open banking is that data can be shared more easily um, for the benefit of the data holder, for the person. You know, it is supposed to be right. about the benefit of the person, not the bank or not the shop or not, right. you know, the, the holder of the data, if you like. So if I'm hearing you right, like, that's a, an incredible thought, actually, that all of these, you know, credit cards and things like that started 50 years ago. You don't really think about that. And we think about what you're saying is that, that over the over time, all of the data, which is basically information about how we spend and what we do and um, interest rates varying between banks and that kind of stuff, has all been gathered. And now, over time, and that's all been, I think, Previously to open banking, it's been quite hard for us to access, but is what you're saying that open banking will enable me as an ordinary human going into a bank to more easily find out uh, what my options are? Is that? Yeah, that's absolutely right. And not only just going into a bank, but you might be able to go into see a financial advisor. And at the moment, if you were wanting to, you know, understand how you're spending your money or what you're doing with your money and, you know, maybe you had a goal, you wanted to buy a car, I don't know, you wanted to go on holiday, whatever it was. Um, you know, some people have bank accounts with different banks. They might have, um, you know, a couple of shares over here. They might have a pension, their KiwiSaver with someone else. So they, they might have things across many providers. At right. the moment, to get that whole picture of your financial kind of status was is quite hard right like you need yeah. to go to your workplace and get your your salary you know and, and hopefully over time there'll be these service providers um you know which are all accredited um and they securely connect via the api so that the the data is um safe um we'll be able to gather that information at your request and provide you sort of more tailored solutions Right. So presently, that's not that easy to come by. You might have to hand over your banking credentials, I've heard, you know, your online banking credentials or things like that, which is kind of risky. Um, so, yeah, I think open banking will help with that. So if I think of your, particularly right now, I, I yeah, it's a really interesting time. Interesting is probably not strong enough a word. It's a really difficult time financially yes. for a lot of people. Yes. Um, and if I think of, you know, you're busy average Kiwi who, you know, doesn't have time to go at, well, it's not doesn't have time, or well, doesn't have time. It takes a lot of time to go and look for all this stuff. What, yeah. and go, okay, like I really need to re-look at what my options are so I can get, you know, get what my options are financially. Yeah, basically. Surviving or saving or getting my savings yeah. out. Yeah. What, 
does that mean? What would I do? Like, what would that mean for me in terms of open banking? Like, what would my... Well, I guess you'd go to these third-party providers, say a financial advisor, and you would say, I consent to all these different entities that hold information about me, sharing that information with you so that you can create some tailored advice for me. So right. that's kind of the situation. Or you'd go to a mortgage broker, and maybe it would be a bank and not a third party, and you would be, again, I give permission for the bank, my work, you Got know, it. my KiwiSaver, whoever else holds this information, to give that information to you so you can figure out, um, you know, what, the best mortgage is for me. You can compare all the bank's interest rates and lengths of times and based on, you know, what it looks like my career is doing. You know, what can I afford? What can I not afford? What's my yeah. goal? So it should actually help people's financial well-being um, right. because you're getting a more tailored um, view of your financial status. I mean, at the moment, people just have to kind of do it themselves. They go onto like, you know, a bank website and try and figure it out. And then they're like, oh, what have I got? What am I earning? What ha You know, it's quite hard yeah. to figure out or to look into the future and understand sort of, you know, if you're on the same trajectory now, you know, what, what would you be doing in 10 years time, say? What, you know, what is the situation you're, you'd be capable of achieving? So I think that will really help. That's a really good point, actually. When I th when I think about the you know the reality of how you go about it, it you know, is that you, I don't know, I'm I'm, I'm terrible at detail, so I, I really struggle with this stuff, to be honest. And so for me, going, I remember going through it a few months ago, going, okay, what's my status and my mortgage and things like that, and trying to figure out even where to get that information from that I need let alone understanding what information I need in the first place. And then you've got to go to, okay, so my mortgage, that's my bank and that's here. And then I've split it. So I've, you know, pulling out, it takes, yeah, it takes a lot of time to think through um, and understand where to get all the information you actually need from. And then my, and then pay slips, you know, which get oh, no. in the ether and, or have passcodes that you've forgotten three years ago. And it might be, yeah, it's really difficult. And I think, yeah, what I'm hearing is what you're saying is that particularly for busy, I'm thinking about lots of, you know, the busy average person, average in the a good way. The busy average person. I also think it will help with people who have a limited amount of financial education. You know, if the kind yeah. of the, um, you know, community groups or um, government or who, who whomever these kind of entities are that are set up to, to help the people in their community, you know, you could go along um, and, you know, be like, I'm really struggling. Um, you know, what's the situation with, you know, maybe I've got buy now, pay laters here. Maybe I've overspent on my credit right. card there. Maybe, right. you know, like I, I, there might be some subsidies I can apply for that I don't know about. You know, I feel like there might actually be a role, not only for the kind of more sophisticated and financially aware people, but also those people who are struggling. I think it could drive inclusiveness and just educate people too. Yeah, I, I mean, love all these things may come with a cost, but I'm sure once we start to see the benefits of these products and services, that they can have a real kind of community and society benefit as well. Yeah, I love that because when you when I uh, I hadn't even thought of actually that kind of pay, you know lay by situations and things like that plus credit cards and they're all currently in completely different places so if yeah. we can if, if there's a person who is 
you know, that's their job to be a financial advisor. And so they're educated in terms of how to look for it. You know, yeah. if, they, if they can ease, if like, if I could go into a community hub. Yeah. If I could, let me not talk if about they it. exist. I mean, I, they, think they do. I think they do. I hope they exist. No, well, yeah. So I'm, yeah. I'm part of one out at, out at Massey. So I was just thinking when you were saying that, because it's quite a diverse community, that something like that would be incredibly useful yeah. for people, particularly in this, in our current economic climate, to be able to go along to, you know, your community hub or your Citizens Advice Bureau and have a financial advisor exactly. who can whole lot you go look what do I do you know because yeah what do I do how do I manage my money how do I better plan for the future you know what's my current debt situation you know I feel like it would be a really scary situation to be in for for many people um yeah so I think that we could see some real tangible benefits there yeah particularly to your point that I think um there are people that are very financially educated uh, and there's people that that aren't, you know. And also, yeah. if you're not, it's it's a very difficult thing to go. Where do like, you know, basically, which is like, oh, we're both waving our arms up now. Where do I start? Yeah. Like, oh my gosh, like yeah. I'm, I'm, I, you know, I've got, you know, I'm in, I'm in a situation where I don't know how to get out of it. Like, what do I, what do I do? How far away yeah. is that kind of? Picture? Well, it's interesting. I mean. I work in payments, and payments. We've been working in the payments side of it for sort of six or seven years and Worldline has APIs which is the application processor interfaces which is this way of connecting um, with the big four banks and some other smaller ones and um, so we've been we've kind of been chipping away at that so I think for a broad brush open banking regime you're probably looking at waiting until the new legislation comes in Mm-hmm. So government's working on a bill at the moment called the Consumer Data Right. They have one in Australia, but um, it, it didn't have everything I think you need. So New Zealand may have come a little bit late, but what we'll do is hopefully we'll do it properly and we'll make sure that it's all there and we'll learn from what's happened in other jurisdictions. So um is supposed to be releasing a draft bill before the election this year. Um, and MB being oh sorry Ministry of Business Innovation and Employment um, yep. is supposed to be publishing a draft bill this year sort of before the election um, and they have said that the financial services sector will be the first sector designated under this consumer data right so that will enable open banking um, you know from a kind of financial advice perspective and data sharing perspective and also open banking payments, which is where we kind of operate. Um, And that will be industry-wide in due course. Like it'll cover kind of health, energy, telco. So soon that'll be everywhere. Um, And I know it sounds kind of scary, but the purpose is actually to put the control back in the hands of the individual. Mm. Because at the moment, all those sectors and pe- players in those sectors hold a lot of information. And, you know, mostly they're, they're not doing anything wrong with it. It's just that um, we can't use it in a way that helps us. Right. You know, yeah. so if you look at telcos, like it'd be great to be to understand more easily what your best plan is and, you know, what what kind of, right. you know, yeah, I don't know, you know what supplier you should be with energy as well. You know all these things require data, so you can see something more tailored about yourself and your data use, whether it be you know internet, phone, or energy, gas. I don't know, whatever. You know, so you can get the right thing for you. 
Mm. So I'm hearing you right. So, oh gosh, is the election July? I think? No, that's when they all stand no. down. I think it's October. October. So, yeah. By before October this year, we'll see a draft consumer data rights bill, which will yeah. help, which will be looking at how does how does all this information get pulled together so in one yeah. place. I'm hearing. Yeah, there'll be kind of a um, it'll be rules about data sharing, and it will be rules and standards and I think an accreditation process for service providers. So right. if you want to do this stuff, you have to meet the requirements set out in the Act, you know, because mm. you can't have any old person going, oh, I'm going to take all the data. No, good <laughs> point. Yeah. Do so, stuff <laughs> so back to our kind of example of, you know, third parties like a financial advisor will be accredited yeah. to get yeah. the data we're talking about you know, all the all the stuff about me. So potentially yeah. all my banking or, you know, they'll be able to see all my banking stuff or my... Yeah, it could be sensible, sensitive data, you know, sensitive yeah. data that you wouldn't want to get out everywhere because people could commit fraud or, um, you know, bad things could happen. Yeah. Yeah. But I love that idea. That's a really, actually a really exciting idea that I could, and I, I, I know it's not going to happen by October, but that we're looking at a near future where I, I as an ordinary human being uh, I said been on purpose uh, <laughs> could, go, could go into you know someone that was accredited and, and trustworthy to go okay look how what's the best way for me to you know operate in the world right now everything from you know how I'm dealing with my mortgage if I have one or my um, my loans or right through to my health providers and you know whether yep. my or my power, you know, what what costs are right for my situation right now, which, oh, my gosh, okay. I think, yeah, I think about. It's kind um, of mind-blowing, actually. If it, You know, it'd be great. It'll take a little while to, to get off the ground because I think people are naturally weary about sharing their information. And, you know, arguably for the benefit of society, health is probably one of the most important sectors for this to happen but you know it's also got the most sensitive information um yeah. and you know people who have who have suffering from you know whatever illnesses and whatever you know they do find it quite hard to share their health information with anyone or find it or you know understand exactly what's going on so it will it will really open things up um yeah. but it all has to be done in a safe and secure way like this is quite you know like yeah on the one hand the benefits will be incredible but it has to be done properly yeah yeah and i i, I totally agree just in that idea of i know health insurance companies um you know have a lot of data about you in terms yeah. of you know uh your health and your well-being, and now a lot of them are pivoting to. You know, I can't say the word pivoting without thinking about that Friends episode. With yeah, I know, me too. Yeah, <laughs> I have to stop myself from saying it in that way. Pivot. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, to 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 look at themselves, health insurance companies are trying to look pivot to look at themselves and get more data as health well-being advocates. Yeah. So they're actually gaining even more stuff from your Fitbits and right, like yeah. Well. So, but I guess. So that idea of making sure that someone who has it, arguably the touch of a button access to all of that, plus your banking, plus your options through um, finances, yeah, they have to be someone who's accredited and trust me. And I guess also, my brain is going a mile a minute, uh, mm. I guess also um, 
so as someone who wants to go in and go, you know, can you help me? You want that person to be trustworthy, but you also want all of that information or data about yourself to be living in a secure place as well. Yeah. And right. I think, you know, it's really important that consent requirements are tantamount. You know, people need to understand what they're sharing and what that data will be used for. And it should only be used for that specific purpose. Um, arguably, we need to have a right to be forgotten, which we don't have under our Privacy Act at the moment. There's all sorts of things, I think, that need to be there so that, you know, you can say, I don't want you to have access to my data anymore. You need to delete everything. And we uh, need to, there needs to be proper processes in place, the yeah, right to be forgotten that's sort of called in Europe and other places, um, you know, so that you, you get that wiped. I mean, I think, you know, the retention periods of some of the data holders are quite scary, as we've seen from some of the recent privacy breaches. So, you know, it all needs to be done in a safe, secure way. Um, the person needs to be at the centre of this and needs to be in control and, and understand. And not I don't mean just be told. I mean, they need to understand, right, and know exactly what they're doing. And so, yeah, it's just kind of working through that. I kind of think that open banking is a good place to start because payments providers like ourselves and banks are generally pretty good with information um, and do use things, you know, in the right way and for the right purpose. So it is a safe environment. Uh, and also there's um, an industry body called Payments New Zealand that has been creating industry standards, you know, in advance of legislation because as an industry, the banks and the payments providers wanted to do things properly. Um, so I think there's a there is a real kind of impetus to get this right because if it if it's wrong, all the trust will be lost. Um, and we'll, we, you know, you need trust in systems for this to work and for people to see the benefits of it. I actually think it will really help. You're certainly listening to you. I can see how it will be quite amazing for people to have just yeah to be able to talk to someone like that. And I and I like what you're saying I, I'm, I'm curious what you're saying too about how New Zealand has come to it late but in some respects that actually enables us to to look at them you know look at the failings or the things that haven't been quite right in other countries and actually you know correct work to correct those um, I'm assuming I'm assuming we're not I'm not going to be able to walk into a financial advisor in October and be able to do this but <laughs> no no I mean um so what the bill will be released maybe before the election um I think you've then got a couple of years before it's an act um it takes a little while to get through the parliamentary process which is a good thing because you know they need to consult broadly and widely um and we need to make sure we get this right but in the meantime um we've got open banking payments products which people are using that are account to account um, they're cheaper for shops to accept um, it goes from your bank account easily um, there's no screen scraping or you know I think you've heard of these things there are a few payments providers where you have to hand over your online banking credentials you know your logins for your bank accounts so that that will should be banned under the consumer data right because they'll they'll want things to be done safely and securely and um you know the minute you hand over your online banking credentials there's the minute that you've lost any kind of help or support because mm. that's in breach of your terms and conditions with your bank um, yeah, so we've got actually quite a few people using our online, our open banking payments product, which is amazing. Can you tell me a bit more how, like, 
open banking for payments products works? Could we just unpack that a little bit? Yeah, so I guess as a as a service provider, we've got, because there's no um, legislation at the moment, it's all under contract. So we have contracts with the, with the banks. Um, we connect to them via the application processing interfaces, which is this API, which is the new way of connecting. Um, and it's just sort of a way that you can communicate. So what happens with our product is um, we have a, an agreement with the bank, bank to provide these account-to-account -account payments. Um, when you go online, it's just online at the moment, um, and pay using online FPOS, and there's people like PB Tech and Auckland Council for your rates, and right. there's a few kind of cool places, um, Burger Fuel, Skinny, but anyway, um, you just put your phone number in instead of your bank account number, mm -hmm. and then you go to your banking app and a notification will come up saying do you want to buy that burger from burger fuel for $17 and you say yes please and then that's done all right so you yeah. don't need to remember your credit card number and it goes through your banking app so it's all safe um, and it goes straight from your bank account oh that's cool yeah I've done I've done that I'm trying to think of an example where I've done that but it's it feels kind of crazy. It's like you, you go in and I think it's actually yeah. PPT I've done it. And I've bought yeah. something and then they've gone, well, just look at your phone. I'm like, what? And then it, yeah. it's on my phone and I'm having a conversation. Right. So it stops yeah. me having to remember um, the, 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 BBB. Long, yeah, the yeah, long your long number. Yeah. 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 My long and complicated password that I've, you know, forgotten and obviously not used. Yeah, and um, and it's yeah. kind of less expensive than the using for the shops to accept, you know, kind of accepting right. credit cards, which is why they often surcharge. Um, you know, you'll have to pay an extra fee if you use your credit card online. Right. Whereas with um, the open banking product, that's less expensive, and so shops are less likely to try to recover those costs from you. Um, so in that way, it's it's great, and the money gets sent straight away and goes, you know, no credit. So, yeah, it's going really well. Yeah, I've noticed, too, that a lot of places are also charging surcharges now if you tap as well yes. because that, that costs. So what we're yes. saying is this way of um, this crazy-feeling way, to me anyway, maybe <laughs> yeah. but of, of going into a place and then having not having to do anything other than just open the bank the app on my phone is yeah. the beginning of this whole interconnected yes. world of you know of your all your information being able to be in one place yeah yeah and so That's we are working cool. on bringing online fpos in store um and that will mean that you can tap your phone um and you the you you'd be unlikely to be surcharged because it will be much cheaper than the visa or mastercard tap at the moment right so basically, you're working at the beginning of this, of um, quite an exciting era to come, I guess. Well, we like to think so. And I mean, we've been in payments since the 80s. So, um, you know, a lot of merchants or in-store, you know, shops, bricks and mortar, um, are connected to our network, you know, via their little terminal. Um, so what we want to do is to bring this new stuff to them on their same kit, um, but people can use it on the phone. So it'll basically replace your 
your proprietary, what we call the proprietary FPOS card, which is, you know, the old school FPOS card that just says the mag stripe. Yeah. So we're looking to bring that onto your phone. And wow. that way, the bank will issue that, you know, it won't be us because we're not, we just process the payments. So the bank will issue you a fancy, like modern FPOS card um, yep. that you can use anywhere and you're very unlikely to be surcharged. So that's the dream is to bring some choice and competition to um, to the payments world. Because at the moment, it's just Visa and MasterCard and little old FPOS is, um, is struggling <laughs> a bit. Poor little yeah. FPOS. Even though people love it. People still love FPOS in this country. It's, it's you know, you can use it anywhere, right? Like, it's yeah. still, people still use it. And, you know, those who aren't kind of on their high rewards credit buzz um, absolutely use their FPOS card. So this is a way of modernising it and, and bringing it, you know, to everyone. Yeah, it feels safer to me too than than tapping your card. I, I, I don't know, something about that I don't really like. Maybe well, your that... phone, you've got to authenticate yourself, right? So yeah, if yeah. you lose your visa, debit or credit card, whatever, you know, someone can tap, they can only do five taps up to a certain amount. Like there are some safeguards. But yeah, if you use your phone, you obviously have to do your face ID before you can, before the transaction can go through when you use your phone. So there is another authentication method. Right. Yeah. But I, th I was just thinking about the beginning of the conversation with you, which has been fascinating. I could talk to you all day. Um, so years ago, I'm just thinking about the the world that we've come from 50 years ago, where all this stuff started. And I remember, probably 20 years ago now, and uh, an unnamed. Oh, we went well. Let's not go there. But like an unnamed, quite big um, consumer goods company in New Zealand, I had an argument with them about keeping their website because they didn't think it was worth it. You know, because at that time, 20 odd years ago websites in terms of online shopping wasn't connected to in store so there was a huge problem with your, your inventory in terms of you know if I went to say let me pick a store that I'm not talking about but so say I went to yeah. PPT for example when I wanted to buy something uh, I could I could buy all 10 of those in store and then if it was online it wouldn't connect to that so they had a real challenge with that so if I think yeah. about that now and where we've come from in terms of you know building all this stuff so it's online and then interconnecting all this data so we can see what we're spending on but also what options we have in terms of um, in the future the best way for me to save money on things like the internet or and the best way for me to manage my mortgage and my savings that's actually really it's really exciting particularly if it's really exciting yeah and then I guess the, the next future I'm just sorry I'm just going to say this because I think this is really cool is that um, once we've kind of got that new digital FPOS product on your phone, we're looking to incorporate um, digital ID so that um, I quite like a glass of wine, I won't lie, but when I go to the supermarket, obviously I'm so young and gorgeous, they always ask me for ID. But um, no, what will happen is, right, that I can I can choose to share, not my age, but the fact I'm over 18 with the supermarket right at the time I pay they'll say you know do you want to share your um proof of you know over 18 and it'll just be like a yes no it won't be you know that I'm 40 <laughs> I might be slightly older <laughs> um it'll just be yes no 
you know, right. and that I think is amazing. And then it'll give me my blooming fuel voucher on my phone as well, so I don't have to worry about getting my, you know, success off. So what yeah. I, yeah, I mean, what what I it would be so good to just, and I go to the supermarket literally every day. It would be really cool to, you know, reduce some of that friction, right? And and not have to carry all the stuff around with you. You can just have it on your phone. Yeah, that's true. And, that and my loyalty card, like my, you know, my supermarket loyalty card. So we kind of want all that together. So you just can zoom through, you know, all the information. And only the bare minimum is shared, you know, as per my requirements. And then off I go. That's awesome. That is awesome. Well, um, I tell you what, I had to hire a car uh, on the weekend. And, you know, they wrote down my, and I'm in payments. I'm like, oh my God, I've just seen them write my credit card number down. But really, you know, that should all just be done, right? Like I can yeah. get my, my banking license. I'm not my banking, my driver's license from the NZTA. Like it should all just happen, right? Like yeah. I just say, share this with that person so I can get on with my life. Right. So yeah, exactly. So the future is that you have control over all of the information about you and the choice about yeah. when to hand it over or not and not have to carry around yeah. a stack of cards or have a bunch of yeah. conversations and definitely not writing your credit card number anymore down on a piece of yeah. paper or right. sharing it over the phone when people ask. I'm I like, mean, gosh. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, So the consumer data rights bill is going through soon. Is yeah, that'll be released. Else? Um, so I guess from an open banking perspective, the Payments New Zealand has an API centre and, you know, kind of the banks and the payments providers are members of that. And we've all agreed to operate in a safe, secure way and in line with this framework um, in the meantime. So, yeah, we're just going to kind of box on. Um, the open banking will also help with digital ID because, you know, on a on an API connection, you can um, either create an action, which could be a payment, or create an information exchange, which could, which could be your digital ID. So there's kind of two types of APIs. So for payments, we'll use both types, um, and then we'll bring all that stuff together. Right, so proving, and, yeah. proving who I am and actioning something like a payment at the same time. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. But all, I mean, I think we just have to be really clear that nothing will happen unless I've consented to it, right? Like I have shared this. Like yeah. for example, this is, do you know when we got our COVID vaccine pass thing in our phones and yep. it was the QR code and then it had your full name and then it had your date of birth, right? Yeah. So that was way more information than the restaurant needed. All the restaurant <laughs> needed was yes, right? Like yeah. that was the only information and that needed to go true. through. Yes yeah. or no. You didn't need any of that other stuff that people could then copy, right? You could send your pass to someone else or whatever. So, you know, Nick Minute, your cafe knows your name, your date of birth, oh. when before you were quite happy being anonymous, but you, you know, know you were quite happy to say, yeah, I've had the vaccine, but not so happy about totally. the rest of it. So actually, all the information yep. can be living underneath to to be authenticated but it's only yes i actually creepily I, not me creepily just to be clear but there was a guy in a cafe that said to me oh yeah i'm using this to to figure out who's single and who's not and get women's phone numbers and i was just like oh 
right? Like write it down. Yeah. No. Oh my gosh. Yeah. When you like just only the bare minimum, just the, just the one bit of information, or maybe if you're hiring a car, it's slightly more information, or you're in a hotel, it's a bit more information. You know, if you're buying a bottle of wine, it's just that one bit. Yes. No. Over eighteen. <laughs> also not drunk. <laughs> Most of the time. <laughs> I mean, there's some and other no, things. I didn't buy one yesterday as well. And if I did, that's none of your information. None of your business. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, gosh. Is, it, is there anything else if I think about, again, we go back to ordinary citizen beans who some, at some point, I love, I think that my favourite bit of talking to you, um, there's been lots of cool bits, but is the idea that someone can go to, you know, a community hub or something and just get some really clear advice based on all the options out there for everything. That That's amazing. But is there yeah. anything else that you kind of want to leave, I don't know, leave listeners with? Any oh, I think just to, um, you know, to try new things. And I think we need to start um, trusting, you know, the people who work in this stuff are actually intending for this to be beneficial right like it's not it's not you know people aren't doing this to try to hoodwink anyone or to get data and secretly use it for some you know machiavellian purpose like um you know all the intent i've seen is to help with financial well-being to drive inclusion to to make sure people get um, better, more tailored advice, so they can actually live a better life. You know, like um, you know, not commit to things that they don't need to, or not be, you know, spending more on interest than they should be, or you know, mm. it is actually about trying to make things better for New Zealanders. So I do think we should open it, um, but also make sure that we understand what we're doing and give the right consents. Um, but I think we'll get there. I think it will be really good for us. That's cool. Thank you. This has been awesome.